0: progressive presents adjusting to the suburbs i never really thought about tools until i bought a house in the suburbs it's like this weird homeowner test if i need a tool for a project and don't have it and my neighbor ted loves to give me that look when i asked to borrow a pole saw a year ago i didn't even know pole saws existed and now i gotta borrow one from ted what is happening Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Big Thing. I'm going all by myself today, and it's going to be okay because I got a lot to talk about. I mean, The Matrix, the little teaser came out. Is it going to resurrect the entire franchise? We're going to talk about it, go through some of those images that came out in the teaser alone, and see what we expect To come out from this film. A lot of other stories. Why the last man? RIP to the late, great Michael K. Williams. Uh, Man, uh, the Russos. Apparently don't want anything to do with the MCU anymore. What's that all about? We're going to talk about all of it today. And I'm going to talk about it with you directly. And speaking about you directly, well... I got some Facebook questions. That's right. I've been really active on my Facebook page lately, and I wanted to get some questions from you guys, and I took a bunch this morning, and I'm going to address those at the end of the show. And before we get into the actual show itself, I wanted to remind everybody, if you are going to be in the New York area, if you're going to be at near the New York Comedy Club on October 8th. Well, the seventh and eighth for Mark Ellis, and I will be on the show on October 8th. You can get tickets at markellis.live. Get tickets over there or go to the New York Comedy Club's website and go check that out. And speaking of New York, we're also going to be there. You get 20% off right now if you get, if you, you got to act on it. We're running out of these tickets, we only have like 20 of them. There's like five or six left. But if you want to go to the Schmodown, you want to see what it's all about, you come check it out on the 9th in Brooklyn at the Roulette we've done this show many times over it's a lot of fun please go and, and check it out the the links for all this stuff is in the description of the video but we are going to get on moving here because i'm i'm super excited man i'm, I'm ready to start talking about the matrix because uh, i'm so pumped so pumped for this show so let's get going boom welcome back ladies and gentlemen it is the a big thing. It's me, Christian Harlow, joining by myself on this. Uh, what the hell is it? Wednesday. I'm still thrown off by the weekend. This is a long break. Kids head off from school, barbecued a little bit, did all that stuff. And, you know, Monday starts to feel like Sunday. And then once you start to get into things on Tuesday, you're like, what the hell's going on? What the hell day is it? Plus the fact that it was my wife's birthday. We celebrated. So that's why this show came out a little late today. Because normally I, I'll record the day before, put everything up, make sure it has all the bells and whistles. And I just, yesterday was about my wife, guys. You got to do that. Got to make sure the wife is happy and we had a nice day. We, uh, we had some Thai food. I don't, I'm not necessarily a big, big uh, Thai food guy, but it was delicious. Some curry. Um, and we just had some dumplings, sat out in the backyard with the family, and we had a blast. It was a good, it was a, it was a nice birthday. It wasn't bad. And capped it off with Bachelor in Paradise. I know, none of you fuckers watch this show and that's fine, but um, it's a car crash. There's so much shit going on in that show. It really is. I mean, we're not talking about that today. Don't worry about it. You're all right. I'm trying to skim through the time codes already. When's he gonna start talking about Bachelor in Paradise. Well, it ain't gonna happen today, Jack why because shit went down shit went down and the big thing that is happening at the moment give me a second there it is boom ken reeves coming back as neo and the matrix it's perfect nice and loud it's good it's good and right as we start this fucking show you know, i was gonna stop recording i was gonna stop but i figured let's let's, let's get the sound effects rolling Let's, let's let's really let it move. Maybe next time the guy can stick the fucking router right through the window and blast it into the microphone. That'd be great. Nice sound effect. Or I could just lie and say that that was my that's my new sound effect. That's my new robot. It's the it's the it's the fucking router. That's 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 my co-host for the rest of this show. You think you hated the Schmobot? Welcome to the Router. On today's news, and there's no and, and and there's no monetary benefit to it whatsoever at least the the robot would come in and say something stupid and then he'd leave you 20 bucks and take off this fucker just comes in places his balls on the table and takes off scumbag scumbag rooter it's the kind of mood i'm in you ready for this shit i'm not all right i was gonna stop the show right there i was about to stop recording but i said you know what let's just go with it i got a bowl of oatmeal bottle of water i'm probably not going to drink for the whole show because if I do, it take too long of a pause. And I don't like that when that happens. It happens too often in radio. People are going, hey, you know what? Yeah, that's what's happening on uh, on today's show. So, you know, stick around and we'll, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Talk. Say something, shithound. You know who I'm talking about anymore. All right, listen. Matrix came out. And it, it dropped it. Well, the, the teaser dropped. And people are pumped about this movie. It makes a lot of sense why people would be pumped about it, right? And this, I, by the way, I, I I took some of these screenshots. I, I want to tell you it was the Hollywood Reporter. I'm sorry if it wasn't. Um, but I, I was going through and I was looking at some of these images and watching. There's so many different sites, that the breakdowns of this little teaser trailer. And I know people are asking if I was going to do a reaction. I'm going to do a reaction to the main to the main trailer, not the teaser. So anyway, this is, there's a couple of different images throughout it. I mean, this one is just neo- walking around there's a coffee house called simulets shining in the background there's another one here um a reprise of one of the the first shots from trinity and so i don't know if that's trinity yourself but someone with a big braid and i'll get into what all this means in a second right so that's the that's the trinity shot there's neo looking like he's jumping off a building here and i'll tell you why i'm getting really excited from looking at all these images in just a second but then um so this guy Jonathan Groff and he's got that thing that happened in Neo when Agent Smith was you know interrogating him in the first one And so this is the actress from Game of Thrones her name escapes me at the moment but she I remember her being a pretty badass on Game of Thrones and she seems to be part of like the resistance and you know if she was in the first movie she'd probably be on Morpheus's crew right that's so what it seems like in that in that particular one and then this dude is the same guy here, um, Abdul Mateen. He's this guy gives me like a Terminator type feel. Because look, the same thing by the way, you look at that mirror thing that's happening, it's this is the same thing that Neo is going through also, because this is this is somebody with a braid looking in the mirror. That's not not the same guy. So this this some quantum leap shit going on. And speaking of quantum leap, you got this thing, right? So there's Neo. And he's got the, and there's this old dude. So this is very Quantum Leap esque for people who don't know what that show is. Scott Bakula was a show in, in like, I think it was like the late 80s, early 90s. And he would time travel, but he would, he, we would see him as Scott Bakula. But when he looked into the mirror, he was somebody else, right? And I think they also did that in Wonder Woman 84, which was the big controversy and people were losing their fucking shit over. It. But um, this is uh, this seems to be a new gimmick that's going to be happening in the Matrix because it happens with Neo here and then it happens with this cat. Um, Abdul Mateen and then you I think this is like the beginning of it right this is probably the placement so what I'm getting from all of this so far from what I've seen on all those images it seems very Terminator 1 meets Matrix 1 is what it looks like to me and who knows my my all my opinions might change overall completely once I see the full trailer But it seems like they're going back to basics and what I would assume is that the Wachowskis looked at some of the criticisms from 2 and 3 because to give a breakdown to you guys of how I felt if you're catching me for the first time or haven't really heard me talk about The Matrix that much, the first Matrix was one of my favorite movies of all time. Like many people, was expecting, was really just looking forward to episode 1 that year and then, what's this movie coming out? The Matrix? What the hell is this? Matrix comes out and just steals everybody's hearts, right? And it's just, like, it's so creative, so clever, so revolutionary inside of the technology itself. And when it happened, you know, it it was a phenomenon. So I watched it recently. It still holds up. It's still great. I mean, everybody stole the bullet time shit after they did it, but the lore all of it and the animatrix by the way is another one that people don't talk about enough that it really ties in very well and it is canon to the overall series and it plays into how neo meets that kid in the second one the second one i didn't hate the third one made the second one worse is the problem so when i saw the second movie i remember seeing it people were let down by the second one i remember saying to whoever the hell i saw it with that day i'm like well let's wait because the third one really delivers this is a setup movie the second one's a setup, minus the, the stupid rave thing. I, I mean, that's whatever. Um, it's not that bad. It just, it's set it up. The third one, though, I got to be honest, I've maybe seen the third one one or two times, and I don't, I remember the stupid stuff that, you know, Neo and Trinity both die, or whatever happens, and there's 75,000 Agent Smiths, and it got so repetitive and dumb that, I remember really being let down, and then I remember saying after I saw the third one, okay, well, then everyone who gave me the t- how they didn't like the second one, it's, it's more warranted now. I understand that. Um, but I think this is one of those movies. There's a lot of movies sometimes that if they wait too long, like Zoolander. Get the fuck out of here, Zoolander. Nobody wants to see part two 75 years later. Um, but... And I and I say that because I don't I didn't care about the first one either. And a lot of people love Zoolander, but I, I don't know why Zoolander is the first one I think of. But there's a lot of movies sometimes that after a while it's like it's too late. Some people think that Avatar is going to suffer from that, right? Like it's too late. You don't need it. This is not that thing. This is one of those movies I think because it's had a bit of a layoff. People are excited to see because you clearly from these images you can change the rules a little bit from what happens and if Neo is somehow able to download himself into other beings inside of the matrix, um, then it could work and they have to set it up the right way. It looks like, it does look like they're going back to the roots of the first one and don't overcomplicate things and spend more time in the matrix. That's what was so fun about the first one. There's a lot of time spent in the matrix and don't break the rules and make two people too powerful and, and, and the idea was so fun about the first movie, in my opinion, was the fact of like the what is the reality and what is um, what is this this facade and play with that more and, and introduce new characters. The, the characters that were introduced in both 2 and 3 was a lot of fun. You know, there were a lot of di- different characters. People don't talk about Roy Jones Jr., by the way, in the second movie. I liked Roy in that movie. Uh, anyway, so out of all this stuff that you see and going back to the Matrix stuff here, you know, like, th- th- this image alone is pretty badass, right? And it's, and, it, and don't you get that Terminator feel, like, when, when ter- the Terminators would, like, show up? Because both he and Neo are doing the same thing. I would assume this guy, I don't know, maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. I think he might be the bad guy. I don't know. But I don't know how involved Neo's going to be. How involved do you guys think Neo is going to be? Overall, I would be disappointed if he's not involved heavily, but are they going to make him? The main guys are almost going to serve like the Oracle because I can see him doing that. I can see him doing the, you know, he's more like the the all-powerful force that helps out and teaches the, the new guy, which might be, which might be um, Abdul-Mateen. So... I don't know. But I like what I'm I, I like the potential. I was never, I mean, I think that everybody is looking at the movie, going, oh man, I hope it's good. Nobody's going, oh man, two and three were so horrible that you know the third one's gonna be or the fourth one's gonna be bad. You just know it. Um, I don't think people, I don't, I don't that's not what I'm reading. I haven't seen a lot of that. I've seen more hopeful, I've seen more people really excited. That this is that there's a chance to resurrect, and I think that by calling it resurrection, I think that they're kind of, you know, saying we get it, we understand, we got it, we got to change this thing up. We're going to resurrect the franchise here, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're going re- to if this movie hits, if this movie hits the way that the first one did, um, it can play. And if Keanu Reeves ain't a lucky charm, I don't know who is, because this dude, besides being just like one of the more likable guys in the industry, he's just, um, he just, there's like moments he'll be out of the limelight. And then when he pops back in, it's massive. Look at John wick. Like who doesn't like John wick, one, two, three, four. who doesn't want, who doesn't want to see more John wick that that's, that's crazy too. It's like, Oh, enough already. Nobody's saying enough already about John wick more, 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 more. That's what I want to happen with matrix because if matrix hits, if this one resurrects the the franchise, Give me a Matrix TV show. Give me a Matrix uh, 5 and 6. If it plays right, if you set it up right. But what I hope doesn't happen, which is certainly possible, is that they do a movie and it doesn't work. Then you're going to start hearing people going, all right, well, you gave it a shot. It's just, it's over now. Because the ter- Terminator, speaking of Terminator, that's, that's where we are with Terminator. People were excited to try to get Terminator back on track and they just couldn't do it. They tried too many different things and things that just didn't work and the series just... For me, Terminator, I think you get one and two that really work. There's some moments at three. There's some moments in some of the other ones, but moments. Good movies, there's only two good Terminator movies. And what i love, I'd love to start saying that. There's two good Matrix movies. There's two great Matrix movies. There's one okay one, and there's one crap one. That's a wash. That's good. So, fingers crossed. We'll talk more about it once we see the trailer, because the trailer's coming out. Um, at this time, I mean, I think it's coming out tomorrow. But this should be evergreen in general, so you can just listen to this and and go back after the trailer and see if I was right about any of that stuff. I have no idea, but um, and I wonder, you know, how they're gonna play Trinity into this, because you know she dies. In Neo, it's easier to to say, you know, he's all, he's all living he's able to he's because we know from the the mythology he's been around forever and he keeps popping back up so he pops back up again he figures a way to reboot himself inside of the uh, resurrect himself and and get in into the system again so he's an easy one but how do you how do you explain trinity right um or do they go back and is it you know can they go back in time in in how the how the matrix works I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's a good or a bad idea. It's, it's a matter of how do they explain it. As long as it's not too complicated, I think it'll work. I think it'll work. Ninety-two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. Ninety-two percent because of a bike, not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess— for elite athletes only right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you try Peloton bikes, tread or row risk free with a 30 day home trial. New members only not available in remote locations. See additional terms at one slash home dash trial. Um, thank you for joining me here today on the show, by the way, I, for a lot of people who didn't see the last show that I did by myself for this Particular show when I do these, I'm just going to go over like news stories that I went through and I said, "Oh, cool, that's something I actually would, would really like to talk about." It's not; it might be stuff you don't want to talk about. It might be stuff that uh, you know is, is was covered by somebody else a while ago. It might be stuff that, or I might miss stuff that everybody's covering because the the, the honest truth is, I don't give a shit. Um, it's this is this is a, a different time in my life of the way that I'm doing shows now. And it seems like you guys are responding to it because I wanted to, when when Mark Ellis and I started The Schmoes No back in 2008, the, the whole idea of that was, all right, after you go see a movie, you go out and you, whether you're grabbing a bite to eat, or you grab a beer, you're standing outside talking to your friends and you're just shooting the shit. And that was the premise of, of Schmoes, and that's 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 what we did, and that's what we did on our show in general and on the Schmoes No Show and, and all that, and, and somewhere down the line, I think um, it was lost a little bit. I think it was lost because of, you know, you get everybody I feel, and I think I've talked about this many times, whether people feel that they are – Taken movie news too serious, or whether they it, it's 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 people think that they're reporters or critics when they're not critics or people who watch movies. There's a difference, and I've just gone over this between critics and people who watch movies. It's it, it, there's a difference, there is a difference. Um, I, I've made it very clear. I, th- I find myself a movie like you know, I, re- I review movies some you know, when I see them. Would I call myself a critic? No, I don't analyze film the way like a Bibiani does or Alonzo Duralde does. It's not, um, I didn't. I don't have the experience that those guys do, so I wouldn't call myself that. And I think that that got lost somewhere somewhere for us. And, um, and I wasn't having a lot of fun doing that stuff. And, and then when I discovered the down, that's really when a lot of my passion and, and having a lot of fun and, and being able to combine the movies and performance and all that. And then, the, you know, this show came along. Because this show, and I've said it many times, I've been very active on my Facebook page, and as I've said, by the end of this show, I'm going to take some of your questions that you guys put there, and I started getting very active on that page. So if, if you're using Facebook, and you find my, uh, my my public page, please go over there and, and, and follow me. Um, I'm trying to post every day, and interacting with you guys every day. So, and I want to do, when I do shows like this, I will put questions, a and a type thing out there, and choose some of them, and, and talk about that at the end of the show, but... I've said it on a lot of the, the, the posts that right now, this show is my favorite show, I think. It might not the Schmodown. It's very different, the Schmodown, from, from this. But this is my favorite show, I think, that I've ever done. Um, it's a combination of all of the things that we've done in the past. Like when Mark Ellis is here and Kate and Brett are here. Kate and Brett are just, and I are just having a conversation, shooting a shit, laughing. When Ken was on here and I was talking to Ken and we were bullshitting and there was no... You have to talk about this. You have to do this. You have this time. You got to hit this. You got to. It was. It was. It in general. So like combined with all the stuff that we've done in the past, and Katie Sackhoff's coming on. She's going to be on on Monday. I'm so looking forward to that. And I don't want to say interview. I'll say conversation. I'm looking forward to that conversation. And Kate's going to be on with me, and we're just going to we're just going to talk. And I've also listened to you guys too. I'm, I'm looking on redesigning the studio um, because. People have asked, how come we don't get a, a two-shot? Because it drives me nuts. Sometimes people are like, oh, you're still doing Zoom? No, we're not in Zoom. Everybody's talking to each other. We're, we're here. The problem is that we don't have that long shot, so you can see the full table. And it's the, the reason why, it's a fucking mess over here. There's a, it's, it's, it's just wires and tripods and all this shit. So I, I reached out to Thad Williams and, um, and, and Jake Lieberman, who's producer over at Skybound, and we're going to redesign this whole studio. And give us time, but uh, what I want to do is I want to get a, a, obviously the one shots, but then I want to get a, a a bigger table. I want to get I'm going to redesign this whole thing because I want to put I want to what you guys have really inspired me even more so. The the love that you have given this show, the comments, the it being uh, as interactive as you have, sharing it, going on Facebook and talking to me over there. Like it's about community. It always has been. So we're going to continue on and, and do that. Uh, I don't know how long this show is going to go today, so if if I get if I get long winded, I get long winded. But uh, here we go. We're going to do some more news. Matrix, obviously, uh, we'll be talking about Matrix a little bit more. I think on, um, I mean, probably on Friday, because it's uh, it, the big trailer is going to drop, and maybe it'll be a lot more. All right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, which sucks, is Michael K. Williams. I was f- bombed, man. When when they um when the, when this news came out, Michael K. Williams. I mean, I knew him from The Wire. Obviously, he's been in a lot of other things. He was in The Sopranos too, by the way. Just saw him recently in the Jackie Aprile Jr. episode. But um, he was he was a phenomenal actor, man. Just brought some uh, solid solid performances. I never watched Boardwalk Empire, but I'll tell you, I'm probably gonna go back and watch it now. Uh, he was supposed to be in Solo. When, the, um, when Lord Miller were doing it. I would like to see seen that, what happened there. But uh, he was confirmed in New York. He was found dead on Monday inside of his Brooklyn residence. He was on Boardwalk Empire, Night Of, Lovecraft Country, and he was the co-lead on Sundance TV's Happened Leonard. He reoccurred on ABC's uh, Alias and NBC's Community. He starred in various films from Inherent Vice and 12 Years a Slave to Red See Diving Resort, Triple Nine, Gone Baby Gone, and The Road. He scored three Emmy nods for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a limited series or movie and is currently an Emmy contention for Outstanding Supporting Actor for Lovecraft Country. In addition to his acting, Williams hosted and executive produces the 2016 Viceland docuseries Black Market with Michael K. Williams. Second season was mostly completed prior to his death. That comes from... Um, Oh, the source was Variety, but but Dark Horizons also aggregated it. But um, yeah, man, I was really this one hit me. This one really hit me. I've always been a really big fan of his, and I hear I always heard really great things about him. I don't want to get into his personal tragedies in life and 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 what happened. It was just sad, you know. It just sucks. It, you never know what people are going through. You never know what people are going through, and 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 you, you always assume, especially with people in the in the public. Because public figures, you, you you see them whatever it is their role that speaks to you, you relate to them in one way or another, and you don't know the person in general. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know. I mean, you you know why they spoke to you. You know what their performance did. You know what it was. I mean, hell, man, that his his performance. I mean, everyone. Right away, I mean, the guy's been in so much stuff. Right away, they referenced the wire and he wasn't like the main character he was a, he was a supporting character and he was Omar was but it was it's what he brought to that role and what he did and his performance was so strong he was just such a strong actor um a lot of pain you know and a lot of a lot of great actors i i, I right away i think of uh Philip Seymour Hoffman you know same thing great great actor a lot of personal demons man and i i've i obviously have had my um i've had my share of tragedy in my life and personal demons they 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 get you and you just gotta you gotta have compassion and that's why I always say to people when they're looking at the when when you're when you're out on Twitter you're moving around and you get mad at somebody and you you tweet something out just uh think about it man think about it i was I wasn't very open and honest for a while about a lot of the shit going on in my life, and I think when I was on that Facebook page, I did the same thing. Someone, someone asked me straight up. They said, "Look, man, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not. I haven't tuned into your stuff because that whole Galaxy's Edge thing kind of turned me away." And I said, "I get it, brother. I understand that completely." And I said, "I haven't really been open and honest about it, but let me share it with you and I'll and I'll tell you. And whether or not you want to watch or not, I, it's, that's up to you. But like, I I feel that I should be honest because I kept it quiet for so long. Is that during that time in my life? I think it was about a year." beforehand my brother had passed away my brother was 37 years old passed away and um you know carried a lot of anger with me for a long time I took it into work I took it everywhere I went and I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have been at work that day I shouldn't have been and I definitely shouldn't have taken it on the air um no doubt about it had a bad day cameras were on people who didn't like me made me ha- let me have it and deservedly so shouldn't have brought it into work that day it just you know it's 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 um sometimes you got to talk about things, and I didn't talk about things. I paid for it. It's part of it. it happens. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, regret not being able to chill and say maybe today's not a good day to go to work. You feeling angry? You feeling uh, you feeling upset? Breathe. Take some time off. Someone said the same thing. Someone said, "Hey, you should have taken some time off." One hundred percent. You're just not thinking about that moment because you're like, go, go, go. Maybe, maybe my head is is in a uh, in it is. You know, maybe if I focus on other stuff, this won't come out. If I just focus on something else, then I can put it all aside and I can push it, push it away. And you can't, you can't. It'll, 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 it, it. it this, bo- you know, boils and then, poof, and then <laughs> you're, you're on the air screaming about theme parks. It's part of it, it happens, but um, but nonetheless, man. Personal demons and and stuff that that happens. You got to you got to have compassion for people in general, and um, and really uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Michael K Williams and his family. Um, is it, it was a bummer, a real bummer to hear that. But all right, let's uh, let's move on once more. Um, RIP to the great Michael P Williams. Uh, moving on here, this is something I found interesting. I saw this. I had no idea that this was going on. Let me find this. It's Russo Brothers' story. They were apparently they were they were offered another movie inside the MCU, and they obviously Civil War and um uh, the freaking Captain America the second one and the Winter Soldier and then Infinity War and Endgame. So you do what you can to get these guys back. So here's what happened. This is from Dark Horizons again. In the wake of Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow lawsuit over Disney's switch from a theatrical-only to a hybrid day-and-day release, it appears the move may have upset another working relationship. The Wall Street Journal reports that Avengers Endgame directors Joe and Anthony Russo were in talks to return to the MCU. However, negotiations hit an impasse amid the Johansson dispute. This reportedly led the director duo to harbor their own concerns about the new film's release model and their potential compensation. What film that it might have been is unclear, although they have expressed interest in, potential, in a potential Wolverine film or a Secret Wars movie. Johansson's lawsuit is expected to go ahead with arbitration unlikely. Uh, the Arussos aren't necessarily big screen only hardliners like Patty Jenkins recently revealed she was. The pair were released the Apple TV plus film Cherry earlier this year and they've wrapped the mega budget The Gray Man for Netflix. They also produced Extraction franchise for the streamer. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this Scarlett Johansson thing was a fucking mess. It was a mess. Handled terribly. Handled terribly. And I, you know, I talked about, who was I, I I think I was talking about with Steph. We talked about this whole thing. To me, it's, I think that it's very easy for us. Not unlike the conversation we were just having five minutes ago. It's easy for us as a public to see Scarlett Johansson who makes millions and millions of dollars. You know, oh, stop complaining! You're being selfish. Yeah, but you also got to sit down in the business chair and say, "Well, well, well, what happened here?" Because if she was told one thing, and then they decided, "Well, we're we're just going to do this," it's shitty. You know, I don't know. I don't know the the full extreme uh, the details of all. I'm not going to pre- pretend that I am. The the she said, they said. I have I have I have no idea, but. Kevin Feige apparently wasn't happy about it. Russo's not happy about it. The deals in general how they're going to make it work. But when it starts to bleed into losing, if you look at it in a sports analogy, two guys who won you multiple championships and probably the biggest championships of your career with Endgame and and Infinity War. Because those movies had to work. If you don't close out those phases with that version of Endgame, and Endgame sucks, and it's a badly directed film. I mean, look what happened with with Ultron, right? Ultron. I watched Ultron recently. It's not as I think bad as everybody gives it. I remember seeing it originally, and not thinking it was great, but watching back, it's it's fine. But it's certainly not something that I want to close out. Right. So watching the Russo brothers do that, um, my wife's coming in to work out now on the on the back. So I haven't I haven't switched over the. Uh, the, the, I haven't switched over the camera, so this is what happens when you do a show by yourself. So you guys are going to watch my my wife work out. Oh, you, you, they, they might. They can hear you, by the way, the microphone. I'm leaving. You're going to leave, yeah? I, sorry. Well, listen. With the I know, but I didn't know what you were doing. This is a conversation I'm having with my wife, and you guys are part of it. See, anything can happen on this show. Do you want me to switch the camera around for a second? Like I can actually do something. I can give them this. Here, you know what I'll do? I'll try this. So I'm going to give you guys this picture here of the Russo brothers again. I'm going to try to maneuver the camera over here. Where's the damn dog? I don't even know where the dog is. He's sleeping. He's sleeping over there. So this is, this is what happens when you, have a, when you have a studio in your house. Let's see. Let's try that. Did that work? I don't know. Boop, boop, boop. All right. You should be good. Yeah, you should be good. Okay. So anyway, with the Russos, go that way. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, you won't be on camera I don't think so go ahead Go. let's see go, go in the shot yeah see and I do live to tape so it's not going to be edited out at all you're good you're good alright no please don't sing okay so anyway with the Russos uh, this is going to be a bad move for Marvel it's not a good move for Marvel at all to not get these guys back and I'm curious what you guys think Okay, let's now move on over to the next story here, and this is a big one. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm not going to go into, I'm not going into the uh, movie news anymore. I'm going to go straight into wrestling. And not everybody is a big wrestling fan, but it's a massive story because if you remember when wrestling was mainstream, really mainstream. I mean, obviously WWE has been around for a long time, billions of dollars, and they make a lot of money, but. You remember in the late 90s or hell even in the 80s when it was WCW versus WWF at the time in the 90s. It was massive and it, competition always breeds way better product and it's happening again. CM Punk made his debut. There's this big thing when CM Punk, CM Punk came back. And if you haven't seen my interview with him, by the way, that's on the channel right now. You should. The link is in the description. It was right. It was like a week before it was like a week before he debuted in AEW. So he makes the announcement, he comes out, he does, he does this thing, and it's it's massive. It's like it it, it goes mainstream. ESPN's covering it, like it's I mean, I know they cover wrestling anyway, but it's it's everywhere, and people were talking about it, and it was really good for Heels, the show on stars that that is or or uh, that 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 it's out now, and it was right before his episode came out. So it was and he's really great in the show. But then WWE then I think botched. Um, Becky Lynch's return, stupid the way that they did that, and also screwing over one of their their, their new talent on the way that they did it by with a squash, really stupid. Um, and then Brock Lesnar comes back, which I thought was interesting, but I put out a poll for people, and I said, well, who's got the better product right now? And it was a resounding, like, 79 or 80% for AEW, and you look at this all-out pay-per-view that they just did, and this is massive as far as entertainment goes, whether you're into wrestling or not. Sam Punk came back. He did this um, he did this return. He had this match. It was a great match. He, he he's having fun again. That's scary for WWE. I can tell you that right now. That this guy's having fun and promoting. He's a he's a natural promoter. He talked about it on different shows that he just was not having fun at WWE. They were running him into the ground. And AEW, the, the common thing that I'm getting from a lot of people is that AEW is what you want if you want to watch what wrestling used to be was in a pure wrestling show. Um, and WBS said as much we're, we're just sports entertainment and they're not and it's more of a show, and they're not they're not wrestling. I think it was the quote that someone said that they, they had said at one point. Um, so if that's the case and more pure wrestling, because this is something that I've been looking forward to a while, and I'll be completely honest with you guys, I haven't been watching as much. I did watch a lot of this AEW stuff, and and I don't remember what his name is now. Brian Danielson used to be Daniel Bryan, I think. Um, he did, he came comes back. Adam Cole comes in, Ruby comes in. Uh, they're just pounding. These aren't. This isn't like WCW back in the day when they were getting like Randy Savage and the older guys. This, it, it's similar, but these guys still got it in the tank. And to be completely honest, I think CM Punk's probably around the same age as those guys were back at that time. But this is very reminiscent. Of that, and AEW starting to make a move, a big move, and this was a turning point, I think, in in because they never, it was never really a war. And man, Chris Jericho is a smart dude; he knew it right away. Had the conversations, and he's been on both sides. He's been through the WCW ringer, he's been through the WWE ringer, and now he plays back into this thing, and he saw it. He saw it quick. So, and it, and it also obviously helps that. I, I read Eric Bischoff's book recently, by the way. I think AEW has a w- way better chance of succeeding the WWE more so than WCW did because reading all the stuff that was going on during that time with Eric Bischoff and what he had to do inside of, like, the t- t- Turner's Turner supported them, but there was a lot of executives that didn't get it. Tony Khan is the guy and he's a wrestling mark. Like money plus that mentality and trusting the wrestlers. Ooh man. That's uh that's going to be that it's it's getting spicy. It's getting spicy in the wrestling world. But I know that not everybody is a wrestling fan and I I don't know how everybody in general is a um is a football fan. But if you are a football fan, you should be excited about this cuz football's right around the corner. You want to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. All you have to do is head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook, go to the app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. And for Week 1, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Once again, all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code SENLIVE to receive $200 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any football game, you get a free shot at $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code Live for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, new customers only, minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. All right. Moving on over, everybody. We got some more stories. We got some more stories. Lots of good stories coming out, too. And obviously, uh, so. if you want to check out that interview with CM Punk, by the way, it is on the channel now. Some other stuff. Shang-Chi Box Office. I, I'm not getting into the politics of it all, guys. It's like even if, you know, if you think the movie did shitty, then you think the movie did shitty. If you think the movie did great, you think the movie did great. I, I'm going off of what what they uh, what they say. To me, it looks like a hit. It looks like a hit to me as far as where we are in the world, what they're doing, how they're setting it up. Um, it was it was. Let me get in some of these numbers here. What the projection is overall. I mean, it looks like they said set for like a 90 million holiday haul. If you start comparing it to 150 200 million dollars when when theaters are in full swing that's silly it, it, this is this is a this is a massive this is a massive win for this time when people aren't going to the movies Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings continues to surpass expectations at the Let's see, uh, the Labor Day weekend, higher than, than expected. The film is now on track for a 90 to 92 million domestic opening in its first four days of release, following a three day total of 75, the film dropping just 2% from Saturday to Sunday. Demographics wise, the film is seeing an 18% turnout of Asian American audiences, around double the 7 and to 9% regular average for a Marvel studio film. In addition, the film has amassed 56.2 million overseas in key markets around the world, mostly in Europe, and that's with large markets like Australia and parts of Asia mostly out of commission, and there is no China release date set as yet. That comes from Deadline through um, Dark Horizons. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, you look at those numbers, you look at what they're saying, and, and this the audience in general that's coming out for it. To say that the movie didn't do well, I don't understand it, but then again, I don't understand a lot of the shit that goes on in the internet and... People just looking to fight with each other. I don't know. Um, if you look at overall where we are in the world, what's happening with theaters and how many people and, and limited amounts of theaters and the marketing in general hasn't been as phenomenal, we will say, as, as other Marvel products, in my humble opinion, yet it's still pulling out these types of numbers. And the numbers, might there might be an old report. I have no idea. Um, I'm wondering how that sounds, by the way. The, the the treadmill I can hear it I don't know if you guys can hear it it's uh let's start locking my door but this is this is the uh, someone someone actually asked them. one of the questions about is a, a full on studio but sounds it sounds like the, the the garbage compactor in Star Wars Episode Four and the beauty is that my wife has no idea I'm talking about her right now because she's um she's got her headphones in so she's here right now she's like she's walking and it just sounds like that's what it sounds like to me i don't know if you guys can hear it to me it's picking it up i'm sure you'll comment about it if you do um but that's what we're doing here on today's show it's a very intimate show with me and you the thousands of you watching a lot of people by the way didn't know that this show is available on podcast form people said it does it help if i if i get it on podcast form please get it on podcast form if you're watching right now please get this on podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you can do, get it on podcast form because DraftKings and uh, our great sponsors that we have, it all becomes because of those downloads. As I've mentioned before, YouTube, they don't help. Not really. I got to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, the, the YouTube's, they, uh, they want you to put on uh, the content and whatnot but if you put on too much content and it doesn't do very well well then they they, uh, they traumatize your uh, your other uh, your other videos and uh, so you got to make a whole new channel so you make that channel and uh, you monetize that with bullshit ad revenue so I'll tell you what you got to do there you get to the podcast form you put it on uh, not for nothing but you put it on the podcast you listen to it in the gym. Or you uh, If someone else is talking to you and you don't want to hear their mouth, you listen to us. That's what you do. That's it. Let's see if there's some other stuff. So that's the Shang-Chi stuff. It's a lot of great stuff going on in the news over the last week or so. Uh, this one was pretty cool with Venom. Venom's moving October 1st. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. They're moving it again. But... I saw a few different critics tweet now and about because the you know there's other things going on in the world still you can't um, a lot of people aren't comfortable going to the theater yet right so the the streaming links have stopped have, have ceased from the um, from the studios to, to people who are reviewing movies and they're just offering up theaters. I haven't. I haven't gone. I've turned away quite a quite a few movies, and I do want to see this one. I didn't really love the last Venom. I got to watch it again. But I am curious about this one. Tom Hardy's one of my favorite actors, and and that well, that photo alone is pretty badass. I got to tell you, looks good. I don't know what they're gonna do with this movie, and I think that there's ways now. I think that this is one of the things that that No Way Home is gonna do. It's gonna open up the possibility of combining all these different universes. Oh, and speaking of which, I'm excited to announce this. So, if you guys have been paying attention to Sith Council, if you haven't, it's our Star Wars show that we do here every Friday. We've been doing rewatch episodes where we're going through every single episode, every single theatrically released live action film. Um and just talking about the movies in general but really the main focus is to see how it's going to tie in if at all to any of the upcoming series so we're we've just finished revenge of the sith and we're moving on to solo this friday but it got me thinking that we should do it on the big thing for other movies because there, it's it seems to be pretty popular with you guys and you guys have been liking it so i talked to koi and winston marshall we're gonna do a full rewatch of all of the spider-man movies um, probably start sometime in October leading up to the release of No Way Home. So hopefully you guys are excited about that. Would you let me know in the comments if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in watching? It's just going to be a the very same thing that we're doing for for Sith Council, just watching the movie, breaking it down, seeing if there's things we missed. Are there ways that it'll tie into No Way Home now that we know that there's certain you know from what we've seen out of the trailer? So let me know. And then as far as Venom goes being released October 1st, I'm liking October 1st. It's still not my... It's There's no chance you're going uh, to... I'm i still torn on what I'm going to do on October 1st. Am I going to wake up in the morning and get myself a I got myself a good... And sit down and watch Many Saints of Newark first thing in the morning and then review it for you guys? Or am I going to take that day for myself and sit down, chill out, have the big ziti that my wife said she's going to make me for my birthday grab a glass of wine, and kick back in my robe and watch the movie at night? I don't know. Or do I do a combination of both? Do I wake up in the morning, sit in the studio, kick back, watch the watch the movie here, review it, put it out, and then eat some baked ziti, watch it again with my wife? I probably wind up doing that because who we bullshit. I'm definitely gonna to want to watch it again. I'll probably want to watch it again the same night. So give me your give me your thoughts. What do you think? Um, all right, got to keep on moving here because there are a lot of other things I want to talk about. This "Why the Last Man" movie, or sorry, TV show coming out on Hulu. Um, I'm not a. I've never been as you guys have been have known for following. Me for maybe maybe you're brand new and just just found me recently, but if if you've been following me, I, I have never been like the comic book or graphic novel guy, right? However, the one graphic novel there was I well I read Watchmen back in the day, but the one that I really um, loved was Why the Last Man. I remember when I was working at Warner Brothers, a buddy of mine gave me a whole book uh, box full of comic books. Buddy Eric Olson he gave me this whole just bunch and i think Watchmen was probably in there also but like just classic stuff and i remember looking at this one and going let me check it out because i remember at the time i was i was trying to dabble in like a sci-fi comic that i wanted to try to see if i could write but i read this thing and i fell in love with it and i kept wondering if they were ever going to do like a movie and then there was rumors of it and there was was shia LaBouffe at one point i don't know was gonna be in the movie or tv show i don't know but here's the here's what they um, what they're saying about this show because I saw the trailer for it and I didn't even I, I it was very similar to Many Saints and Newark where I had remembered when they talked about doing the movie, and they talked about all this stuff. But then the trailer came out and I was like, oh yeah. And it was, it was the same thing, I was watching that Nine Perfect Strangers or whatever the hell that show was. I couldn't finish it, by the way. But but we started watching it, and during the trailer, during the commercial, excuse me, the trailer for why the last man popped up and i didn't know what it was at first and i went oh yes yes and i'm so excited to see it my wife is actually pretty intrigued by it too so that's gonna be the next show we're gonna watch but this is what they said about about the show in general eliza clark who is the showrunner on fx on hulu's upcoming tv series adaptation of the comic why the last man says her vision of the series will see it clock in at around five seasons i love that already because it's a pure design I love when showrunners have a design of how long the show should go, as opposed to, well, it's doing popular, let's just keep going. Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra's original comic follows Yorick Brown, the sole survivor of a mysterious plague that kills every mammal on Earth with a Y chromosome. Speaking with Polygon, Clark says to fully translate the 60-issue comic for the screen, it'll be five or six seasons. That's what I'm thinking. And then adds five more specifically as an ideal to shoot for. Without giving anything away, the comic is a great template, but the show will have its own twists and turns. Generally speaking, I feel like television is best at about five seasons. I am with you. The first season will begin with the Cataclysm and then two weeks immediately following in its aftermath in the United States. Clark says her larger plan for the series would take in the comic's larger scope and subsequent seasons will include a big-time jump and playing about with genre like the comics. Style wise, the show boasts a very naturalistic, cinematic style with plenty of close-ups and high detail. Uh the first three episodes of the first season will be released on September thirteenth via FX on Hulu with further episodes to come weekly. Sign me up. I am so excited for this series. Um I I there's some there's a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to, man. Like I was I was at a place where I was like, hey, I don't know if anything's really exciting me. I'm so pumped up for a lot for a lot here and this is this is one of them have you guys read this graphic novel did you like it have you heard about it do you care i'm really excited because i don't know to be honest i'm i was thinking about it if i hadn't read the graphic novel would i be as intrigued and i don't know if i would be to be honest i be like oh what's that i have to hear from it i had to hear about it but the fact that i remember loving the graphic novel I definitely didn't read the whole thing. I read, I mean, I read the the, the the issue that I had. It wasn't it wasn't the conclusion of the entire story. I'm looking. At, I think I have it on my shelf. And if I do, if I can, if I have it on that shelf, I'm probably going to reread it at least to see, you know, how how it is. I'll probably do a review of the first episode if enough people. I mean, I'm curious. Do you guys care about it? Let me know whether it's in the premiere uh, when we're, as the premiere airs and and in the comments. Because I'm I'm pumped for it, but I don't know if anybody else is as excited as I am. I hope it crushes. I hope it does really well. Let me see if there's any other stories to go before I jump into your questions. Venom. Um, um, oh yeah, the Dune reviews are in. Uh, they're like they're mixed. Uh, I don't you know. I, I don't want to care about the reviews I'm doing. It's like I'm, I'm I can't wait for that movie. I'm I'm excited for it. I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. I'm gonna get to some Facebook questions. So. I asked you guys I asked you guys to submit some questions today about things you wanted to talk about and that I would address them and that's what I'm gonna do and it, and I think that maybe when I do these episodes like this I'll continue to do it so for people who are listening on podcast form whether it's Apple or, or uh, Spotify or wherever you get podcasts, just to know, head on over to my Facebook page. It's my public Facebook page. I've been very active on that page, and I'm going to continue to be. I'm trying to post at least once a day and responding to as many comments as I can. And I've been doing the same thing on YouTube, trying to be as active as I can. There's the SEN group over there, too. Admins have been doing a really good job um, connecting things to the big thing now. So, um, so yeah, so head on over to that page, and we'll do more of these. But here's, here's some questions. I'm going to start with the, uh, the first one. And this is from Alex Tornay. Now that The Sopranos is fresh in your memory, what's an episode that stands out to you? For me, it's the season premiere of season three when the FBI is watching the family outside their home. So well done, great soundtrack, and really shows the duality of the life they, they live. Very underrated episode that does not get mentioned enough. You know what's so funny about that episode is I remember watching that episode at a friend's house. Um, strangely enough, not to name drop because I'm not like I'm not friends with the guy. Just my buddy was Gloria Stefan's kid um we were over at his house watching it hanging out watching the uh i don't even know I, he was a nice guy i don't know what the hell happened to him but um anyway we were um we were watching that episode and i remember everybody was talking about that the music it was the way that they they combined the spy the the theme the spy theme with um with police and doing that it that the the Narrative for the entire season, like rewatching it, knowing how much they put into it, and just like that, Meadow takes the lamp, and all of that is for naught. Like that—that's—that was the, the the brilliance of that of that episode in general. As far as what stands out for me, I mean, like I've been telling you guys, I, I have the uh, I I just got the Pio Mai, um, uh, painting, but it's the one that Pauly switched up with. Napoleon but I I think that it's the Ralphie Ceretto stuff always always sat with me you know and especially that that whole scene and of all the rules that are being broken in the mafios at that point because Tony's supposed to you know he's he it's this love that he's got for the animals and this hatred that he, it is like an excuse for him to go over there and meanwhile Ralphie is like mourning for his kid, who's in the hospital, and is like almost like not brain dead, but like just uh, take him a long time to recover after the the bleeding to his brain because of the the arrow, and and he's he's in mourning, and the horse Pilemai winds up dying, and Tony goes over there, and like it just it just is it's chaos. It's just a chaotic scene in general, and it seems very real in how these two guys are fighting. And yeah, it's just that, that it, it was I remember it being shocking at the time. I mean another episode that stands out is for the Burt Young episode, Paulie from Rocky played Bacala's dad and how he was like he he needed to he was he had emphysema, but he needs to feel alive so he, he decides to do the the hit on Mustang Sally. and that's a pretty devastating episode. There's a, there's a lot of them I, for, I, I forgot a lot to be honest with you because I'm, I'm in season five right now. I I think that I watched back seasons one through three so many times and I never, I definitely never rewatched season five. I've only saw it once because there's tons of stuff that I didn't remember. I, it kind of came back like the stuff with Tony's dad's Gumar, and he goes and he's, and he starts like almost treating her like a mother figure. But the seasons have gotten significantly better for me on the rewatch as I, Figured that they would because I, I, my, my biggest concern with it was, or, or, or observation rather, was that I think this is what's going to happen. I think because back in the day I was, exp- I obviously like we do with all properties, you're expecting one thing and when it doesn't happen you're disappointed. But not just that. The Sopranos for television, you'd have to wait like almost two years for a season. So everything wasn't really fresh anymore in your head. I'm coming off of a week or or 15 minutes after a season ends Come right back into the next season, and it just continues on, and I'm enjoying it more that way. I remember being bummed the first time Feech Lamana when he when he came when he came in, and then Tony just sends him on a bus and he goes back to jail, and I remember being bummed when I watched that originally, but watching it now and watching what he says, look, did I learn nothing from Richie Aprile? And he makes a leadership call and sends him off and gets rid of him, but he sends him off in a different way. Um, I liked that. Because he couldn't kill him, because still, he even says oh, he's a well liked guy, he's very, very liked. And, and Tony says, and that's also what bothers me. But instead, they set him up with Chrissy, and, and they and they they give him a shot. They go, hey, look, man, we got this truck, and Feats like ah, put it in the garage. And he he, he, he sealed his own fate. um All the stuff with Buscemi, I love Steve Busemi by the way, in season five. Um, you can tell he, the the accent sometimes goes in and out for me for him, but I but I think he's uh, Tony Blondetto is a is a fun character. All right, moving on over. That was thank you for your for your question. By the way, um, Alex, I appreciate that. Are we going to move to the next question? And the next question is from Pat David Dean. What are some of your favorite movies and TV shows you've seen since the pandemic started last year? Maybe a top three for both. I don't know about top three. But I can tell you there's a bunch of, I mean, obviously Palm Springs is one of the movies that pops into mind when it comes to that. Um, I mean, does Cobra Kai count? I don't know. I'm not sure if Cobra Kai counts because I've already had watched it for YouTube. And then as the season moved on, you know, it, onto Netflix. So that doesn't really count, I think. Um, same thing with Ozark. It already started. Some of the movies, favorite movies and TV shows since I'm I mean the one that stands out is Palm Springs, to be honest. Uh oh, oh, uh, uh Mayor of East Town. Mayor of Easttown for HBO Max is probably one of the the shows that I definitely enjoyed very much. Suicide Squad. Definitely. Um that was one that I was curious about and wound up loving it. It might be my favorite movie of the year so far. I mean, granted I haven't seen a ton of shit, but but that's um that's one. Oh, what else man what else is really that that i've talked about that i can i mean like i said the last like three months of my life i've been or two three months i've been watching the sopranos and i and i have no regrets i have no regrets whatsoever watching uh w- watching the sopranos and doing what i've been doing um is there other stuff that i've been i mean some of the other stuff as far as tv shows go i mean mandalorian does that count though season two I don't know if that counts because season one had already come out so that's kind of the stuff that I've been and well Loki Loki was a lot I, I think that and WandaVision WandaVision surprised me WandaVision oh and uh, and Class Action Park on HBO Max about Action Park that was one that was definitely one um but WandaVision surprised me because I was not looking forward to that show at all um like almost skipped it because I didn't care and I thought that the trailers looked really stupid and I didn't know how the gimmick was going to pan out but I wound up really liking that show um yeah i think that's good i mean i don't have a great list for you i don't think i mean as far as any other movies that have that have popped that i can that really stand out maybe anything i've been raving about i don't know you guys probably tell me because i don't remember but i know that's a shitty answer it's all i got though i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry all right so that was from pat thank you pat i appreciate that um okay let's go to the next one here next one michael Mingus. Do you think that the MCU delving into multiple movies about the multiverse is going to start alienating the casual moviegoer? It's a phenomenal question, and to be completely honest with you, Michael, I thought the same thing. It's complex, right? They did something, you know, complex with the time travel, but it's really not the same thing because there is a – Loki, because of all that stuff my, – my wife loves Loki, loves Tom Hiddleston, loves Owen Wilson was kind of bored by the, by the multiverse stuff. I loved it. Um, but is it going to be too confusing for people? I don't know how, I mean, at this point you got to give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll explain it in a way that it makes sense and that you can keep the casual viewer. Cause you know that that conversation comes up in the, in the creative process, right? It's, all right, well, look, this is a lot going on here. Can we th- do we think that we can grab the casual viewer? And they waited for a while to do it because they're you got to switch things up and you got to change stuff up, and now it's time to give it a shot. Um, and I also think it's one of the reasons why you're going to be able to bring in like Alfred Molina, Toby McGuire, and Andrew Garfield, and all these people because the fact that you're doing that you're bringing in people that maybe weren't even fans of the MCU and they were just fans of the Raimi movie, but now they're curious and it depends on how it's explained. Look into the spider verse did it and it won the Oscar. So the casual viewer, I mean that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get the casual viewer, but it did very well in the theater. It did very well in general and it didn't lose the casual viewer. So if you do it the right way, you can get them on board. You just got to set it up the right way. Um, so it's a risk, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a nail in the coffin by by any stretch of the imagination. Let's do a couple more. Steve Frederick, can you talk about Jeff's retirement and his legacy? For those people who don't know, Jeff Snyder um, just made a tweet recently he, that he is uh, moving back to Boston, no longer working with Collider, and also retiring from the Schmodem. Um, so complete uh, transparency. Jeff and I talked about it and. I was under the assumption that Jeff was, we we were going to wait and I was going to say something that like spectacular. And we were going to talk about, you know, Jeff retiring. And I called Jeff yesterday and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm just figured, you know, I just wanted to get everything out there. I was like, it's, it's cool. And, um, told him I'd do something for him. at spectacular. He, he insisted that I did not. He's like, he's like, no, I I appreciate everything you guys did. I just want to kind of step back and kind of focus on, on, you know, writing and do everything that I'm doing now. And, He's looking to do some other stuff. So, Jeff did a lot for the league, and as far as his legacy goes, he's the best team's player that ever played the game. He won multiple ch- uh, championships inside of that division. Uh, he was a he was the Dennis Rodman of the Schmodown. Down. I never think that anybody's time in Schmodown is is final. I feel like anybody can show up at any other time, but um, but no, he he did a lot of great stuff for the league. So, you know, he's got to do what what gets himself. He's got well, he's got to find a gig, you know. He's got to find a job. I Man, he's 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 looking for, and he, and he always will. He's been. I mean, the guy's worked for a Variety and the rap, the Hollywood Reporter, Collider. He'll he's going to land on his feet and do something pretty special. Ah, uh, Matt Varney, how about your thoughts on the rumor that Mace Windu could be the antagonist of the Kenobi series, that he returns hellbent on ensuring the children of Anakin Skywalker do not live to repeat the mistakes of their father? God, I hope that doesn't happen. Oh, I hope that is just a. Bullshit rumor that came. I think that sounds terrible. I ha- I hate that. I hate that rumor. Um. I yeah. It, I I hope it's no. Please no. He always had the dark side in him, like in the novels and stuff. He was like the one that he was able to do it, and even shit you saw it in Revenge of the Sith when he's ready to just slash Palpatine with no regrets and just take him out. Um. But no, uh, it, that's it, he's he's hunting Luke and Leia, and that's what the. Then the, the, why do you bring Hayden Christensen back at that point? He's gonna be so. Obi-Wan's got to juggle Mace Windu trying to take out the kids plus still worry about Vader at the same time and and other stuff going on in the Rebellion. Nah, I don't think that's going to happen. I I mean, look, if that's ultimately the the direction that they go and Deborah Chow and Floney and all those people figured out a, a cool way to make it work, just like I was talking about with WandaVision, I could come back and go, look, I was really opposed to that. and thought it was going to be shit, but it, they executed it the right way, and it turned out to be phenomenal. But I I could not care less as far as that storyline goes. I don't think it's necessary. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to see Mace return in some way, but not in that way um, because it's, it, there's so many people return. If Darth Maul can return, if they're getting cut in half, Mace Windu can figure out a way. I mean, people are like, oh, you got thrown out of a window. Anakin and Obi-Wan are, like, zipping through in Attack of the Clones. They're, like, f- navigating through cars and traffic and, and you know, granted he, he got hit with lightning, but he could have landed on something and they could have been fine, They could have reshoot it. I, I, you know, I just also want to know, well, where's he been all this time? If it was a matter of just a little bit of time and he still wind up crapping out a couple of years later and, then, and not being able to reveal himself, then fine, but... Give me a limited series with Sam Jackson, or maybe he comes back later on. He's been living, you know. I don't know. Uh, it depends on how they did it, but not not for that angle. I don't. I, I don't love that angle personally, but uh, who knows? Rumors are rumors, and that's that's what it is. All right, I think this is the last one. Eben, Ezer, Aurelia. When do you think that SEN can be in person again? Especially being on Twitch. The audience interaction and with the crew in person would bring so much energy like the show had prior to going digital. I agree with you 100%. Um, The problem is, as you saw, not 20 minutes to half an hour ago, I do this show from my garage. And my wife just proved that to you by coming in here and doing a 25-minute, or 30-minute jog on the treadmill. Um... So, I, and I also have to, this is my, my office, this is where I work, this is where I'm doing other stuff for Schmodown, this is where I'm doing stuff for, um, uh, you know, Skybound stuff and, and other things, meetings and all that, it all takes place here. So, and this so is what I said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be maneuvering this office around, and I'm going to be trying to get it more podcast friendly, going around, like, in getting that two shot and, and setting it up more. But it doesn't serve itself well to just kind of renting out and having SEN live come in here and do stuff while I'm work trying to work in the corner. It just it just doesn't work. But uh, I'm very hopeful and very I'm I'm confident that hopefully by like February or March of 2022, maybe even January, um, we will have a place for SCN Live to be able to be live in studio on Twitch doing all that stuff. So to answer your question, the goal is yes. The plan is to get them back in studio. Realistically, this year, I don't know if it's going to happen. But you guys should, you should head on over to, and at the time, this is the apology on my part to SCN Live. By the time this premieres, they'll still be on the air, and I'd never like to do that. Um, It's only because I put the show on so damn late that it, it and by the time it goes up, their show will almost be over. But you should be going over to SCN Live every day, Monday through Friday, if you want to interact with the crew. You can do it, and you send in a robot. to do all that. If you're missing that, I know some people were saying, "Oh, we missed it being live." That's why SCN Live is there. So hopefully, you can uh, head on over there and, and interact with them. um Okay, I had a fun show. Did you guys like this? Please let me know if you had if if you like these episodes. I was planning on doing these like once a month um, and sometimes when necessary, right? Like, for example, yesterday I knew that I was going to be spending some time with the wife for her birthday and that I wasn't going to be able to get anybody over here to tape. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it myself, do it myself yesterday. So I said if I woke up early enough and did an episode and asked some questions from the fans and then also covered the stuff that I haven't covered over the last couple of weeks, that maybe that would be interesting. But you're the ones that tell me whether or not you think it's interesting or not. So in the comments section, and I'll ask the question as one of the first questions, do you like this format? Do you want to see me do it more? Do you want to see me do it less? I had originally said a month. Do you want to see it every two weeks or would you like me to keep it to a month? Uh, Another reminder, Katie Sackhoff is going to be on the show on Monday, just confirmed with her. She's coming in. It's gonna be me, her, and Kate Mulligan. We're gonna be doing an episode on Monday, so please check that out. I'm probably, I'm not probably. I'm going to do a, a Matrix trailer reaction. I'll do that tomorrow. So hopefully you're able to head on over there and watch that, and support that. If you haven't subscribed to this channel already, please do so. If you haven't downloaded the episodes on podcast, please do so. Even if you're one of the ten thousand people who are watching these episodes um, in the in their run, if you guys all went to the podcast whether it's Spotify or Apple or any of that and just downloaded the episodes and subscribed like the numbers would jump significantly and we'd be able to do more of these and all of that so anyway it, uh, it's it been fun today guys I had, a, I had a blast doing this I'm really excited to continue to do this and I thank you for all your support I appreciate it and we're going to see you on um, Friday I don't know who's gone yet probably Kate it might just be Kate, me and Kate I don't know yet Figure that out. Anyway, thank you guys so much. It's a big thing. I'm Christian Harlow. Peace. The Jeep Wrangler 4xE. It's electrified. Boogie, woogie, woogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie up a mountain, boogie. over creeks, or boogie, woogie, woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie-woogie-woogie woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie-woogie-woogie woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti venom, And boogie-woogie-woogie woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4XE. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no.